Welcome to 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest Florida and beyond with your host, Tim Jurett. This podcast covers it all. Real talk on issues from real estate to real crime. Join the discussion on hot topics to politics. Don't get left behind. Be in the know about everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Welcome, welcome to 239 Uncensored Everything Southwest Florida and Beyond. And hey, we've got a great guest again tonight. He's he's known, he's actually famous around town. Everybody, you know, asked me during the day, how's Dr. Hobeka doing? Uh, Doc, are you on the phone with us? Yes, I am here and happy to be here. And Chief, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to give us some good news and some updates on your uh, uh, help. You know, I really like this because, you know, normally to go to the doctor's office, it's not all that cheap, you know, so I can, I think with this podcast thing, I'm kind of liking this. I just call in, you know, you get a little rundown, give me my, give me a good blessing and it's good to go. I love it. You're the best. It's going to cost you a couple beers at some point. Uh, you got it. Beers all day long. We, whatever you want, we got it. I owe you. I owe you. I just want to let you know I'm doing real good. I would say I'm probably 98%. I got a little bit of a, you know, a annoying cough. But other than that, I, f- I mean, I feel great. I, I Again, I will tell you that even with minimum to no symptoms, you feel like you have something, kind of like a little cloudy, uh, you know, and that's that's kind of probably what you've seen. That That's correct. So actually really great segue into like what should people expect you're you're exactly probably kind of the norm people don't lately that is anyway the last two months not real sick but it, you know what how long does it take and we tell them you know you're really infectious like no more than 10 days we're finding out it's probably more like eight days but 10 days we send people back to work but look a couple weeks a couple weeks into it you may still feel your energy's not perfect you're, there's a, maybe a lingering cough but you know, it, you've made it through the, the, the bulk of the storm, and it, it can linger for a little bit with exactly what you're feeling, a little bit of not 100%, maybe a cough at times, and and uh, you, you're kind of right in that typical person that does very well, doesn't need a hospital, and kind of recovers on their own, but 14 days out, still feels a little bit less than 100%. Yeah, no, and, and I'm so fortunate. Like I said, I feel for those that get, get worse symptoms and you know have a lot more maybe uh issues than i did i i i have been fortunate and hopefully hopefully i can stave off anything that comes down the line in the future and you know family and things like that so i'm, I'm actually kind of glad i've, I've kind of cleared this hurdle and was able to get through it and uh you know with your advice and input from people it's, it's kind of funny too when you get this everybody wants to give you like the secret home remedy of how to get rid of it i've heard of Chicken soup. I've heard. Of, I've heard it all. I'm sure you've heard some good ones. Any 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 ones you've heard out there? Um. No. Not, you know. Not really. Not for this. I mean, common cold and flu. It's chicken soup. Of course, there is something to the chicken soup thing. It's. But bottom line, that's all supportive type care. Help control the cough. Ibuprofen for the aches and pains, and and really the most underprescribed sort of recommendation we we often leave out is just time. You got to sort of serve the time here. Right. Uh, we knew weeks ago that, you know, I said, Tim, you're going to be at least a week or two into this. And, and, but 
you know, you should do very well. Like the, the, that's what the trend has been with this particular strain of the virus now. But yeah, you definitely nailed it. I mean, everything you told me is exactly what happened. You know what's interesting though? I didn't really realize. I, I did lose a little bit of taste. Um, it's not quite as sharp but I didn't lose it completely. But I will tell you this, that the lack of smell, like I can put on a cologne or something and I start laughing. I, I went back and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't put any cologne on. And I went back again. Before you know it, you know, I'm like, I, I must smell. <laughs> I don't know what I smell like, but but I, I couldn't I couldn't smell it. It was it was the craziest thing and I still can't. So it's the def- yeah. that's definitely the deal. And that, that, some people that lingers for a little bit longer and, and it's, it's all that, that nerve that controls smell is up inside the nostrils and the inflammation from the virus sort of irritates that. You, it's one of the characteristics that's really very sort of strongly predictive of this particular virus that you lose that sense of smell. And if you know when you lose the sense of smell, you really can't taste. So just anybody who wants to try it, you plug your nose up. You can't taste food like you could if your nose wasn't plugged up. So. It's like really predictable physiology that happens and the effect of the, the virus and the inflammation on, on that particular area, especially the nose and the respiratory tract. But, um, yeah, you did exactly textbook what, what people are doing. And fortunately, you, need, you did not need really any intervention or any hospital. It, it did great. And I'm really obviously happy to hear that. Yeah, no, I'm very fortunate. And, you know, it's kind of it's interesting if you, if you see me out in public and I smell like really cologne-ish, you know, obviously, you know, I still haven't got this thing under control. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure I'm trying to give everybody a little fair warning, but it, it is interesting that now I am back to work. I, I am courteous. Cause I know that people are like looking at me like, Hey, didn't you just have COVID, you know, cause the secret doesn't stay too much of a secret around the office. Right. So I, I kind of like walk away and I sit maybe in a little different section compared to where I normally sit. But people have asked me, like, how do you know you're not contagious? I go, I act like I am still. So yeah. how, how do we really know that it's only 10, 14 days? How do we really know that? Yeah, so, so the science people at, you know, university settings will swab um, people like yourself that had it early on. They realize that after a certain point in time, you no longer culture out the virus. So statistically it's like seven days after the onset of symptoms. And I think I just read today, it's eight days really that people have no longer really have on average any cultured viral material. Okay. Even though you have symptoms longer, just, and that's just, that's just absolutely proven science. So you sound like you could be infectious and all that and scares people, but I would have, I would have had you over last week for a dinner or beer or whatever. You are not infectious right now. No, it's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. fine. Yeah, no, that's great. That's, that's good news because I, you know, kind of, and, and again, I always kind of try to be cognizant of other people. So I think that's important. Now, let me ask you this. I know there's a lot of people with the holidays coming up and, you know, how are our hospitals locally doing COVID wise? And as far as, you know, the beds and things like that, what are you seeing? Yeah. So just today got some really good intel. Um, there is some concerning news coming across the wire. The hospitals are seeing a really strong uptick locally. Okay. I don't really feel it in my practice and and where I'm at, but I did get a call that the, and I I saw an email from physician regional that they're 
they're at like 70% capacity. They have, I think it's 23 people in the IC in, in currently treated for COVID. It's a, it's a fairly high number and yeah, it's concerning that. And that's just breaking the last 24 hours. So there is, and I think it's based purely on the fact that the numbers are going up so fast that, um, it, it, starting to get concerning and you know me i've sort of tried to put on this really optimistic viewpoint but it's a little bit concerning we've seen it recently in the north and other parts of the country but we're starting to become uh on the point where they're alerting us community doctors that there's a little bit of a concern with the hospital bed situation so you know yeah and i've seen like obviously people are flocking down here they do that this time any anyway but I think some people are coming down a little bit early. And a lot of them used to come down and go back for Thanksgiving. A lot of people are coming down and staying, I think. And we're also seeing, I mean, as we know, these car haulers are pouring in. And people, I think, are coming down to get away from maybe some of the tougher restrictions up north, which ultimately the more people we down we have down here is going to probably have a higher load on our hospitals. I mean, that's something that I would obviously think could be problematic at some point. And that is correct. Let me clarify, and I'm not sure that this honestly is public knowledge, but I'm happy to share it because I think it should be known, especially to our or your loyal listeners. Um, there are 37 confirmed cases at Physicians Regional, it, and they're telling me that about 17% of their um, census is COVID-related. There's eight people in the ICU. So that's a change from the last few months, and, and if that continues, you know, hospitals don't have that many ICU beds. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, so we got to keep, so when we talk in the next few weeks, if you have me back on, I'll, I'll certainly give updates. But, and, and you know, kind of a, a little sidebar, and I'm sure you probably would ask this question anyway. Well, like, what sh- should there be anything we should do? So just two days ago, I told my, my own kids, I, I want to start pulling them back on some of the social activities they do, anticipating that this is just going to get worse. So, for example... My daughter was invited to Disney this weekend. You know, no, I don't want to do anything that could put them at any undue risk. I want to start to slow down some of their socialization. And even for us, whatever we might have been doing and feeling comfortable with, I'm personally in my own family trying to pull back a little bit because I think it's something we need to do. Right. And I think we all, if we all kind of jump on board and throttle back just a little bit, all of us, just a little bit, even, uh, you know, a lot of bit, depending on your personal preference, I think it would help overall. There's no doubt, right? So, you know, just... No, for sure. And if we don't sort of see what we went through months back and sort of see that this wave, unfortunately, is kind of coming a little bit harder and a little faster, that I think just little things, and I'm not talking about not patronizing restaurants and all that, but if you didn't have to have that big Thanksgiving party with all your neighbors. It's probably a good idea. Listen, I've got neighbors that are positive as of two days ago. Okay. And I, I keep hearing more people around me that are popping up. And and even though the, the good news is they're not getting real sick, much like what you've been through, it's still the sheer volume is going up very fast. Right. And the odds are, you know, most people, obviously the numbers indicate that most people will get through it fine, but there are those people that just, it's going to hit them like a, a ton of bricks. And, we don't, we don't want anybody in our families to have that circumstance happen to them, I'm sure, you know, so I, I, I get that. Let me ask you this. 
since since I've had COVID, I've recovered from COVID. I know this is a little bit of a shot, but uh, oh, these are these are a couple questions that got emailed to me, by the way, Doc. So I think that's working out real okay. good. And and if you have a good. question, if you have a, any medical question that we can probably cover fairly easy, and you don't have to put your name in there, could be for a friend or whatever. You can email me at tim at studio two three nine llc dot com. Tim at studio two three nine llc dot com. But a couple, just a couple questions. Should someone still get a vaccine if they have already had COVID and recovered? What's your thoughts on that? So much like you, if you ask me, hey, am I kind of protected? I would say, Tim, that what we've been telling people for a while is that you can't give it right now or get it because you have, and we'll test your antibodies before the weekend. Oh, and good. you should really light up. Good. You should really, so come by and let, let me do that. You should light up really well with the antibody protection. However, the experts are saying, even though it's not released yet, that probably someone that's had it still should get the vaccine. Okay. Even though I think, my personal opinion is, I, I think you would have protection for a while. And what's that? Well, I mean, probably six to 12 months, but they're saying that it w- would be recommended, but you know, to get it, but you'd probably be lower on the totem pole in terms of the pecking order of who gets it first. But the recommendation is, it's going to be that you would probably still get vaccinated. Okay, I got it. So basically, we need to consider it at this point. Most people don't get colds or flus back to back. So usually you get it and after, you know, six months to a year, you might get a reoccurrence of the flu or something like that. So this could be similar situation. Is that that fair to say? Okay. I think it's 100% correct, yeah. Okay. I knew I should have went to school to be a doctor. I mean, what is this? I mean, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. That's good. No. So, and another thing, we, we as we know, Thanksgiving's coming up next week. Um, most of us have their family coming into town or maybe thinking about coming into town. I personally have my daughter coming in from um, University of Florida. She's coming in, Valentina. And yeah. she's coming into town. She's got a little bit of a concern. <laughs> it's like, I'm coming home to my parents who have COVID. Or head it, and then also we have a concern of you know should she come, and you know when she gets here, I think she's going to be fine by us. But I think in families with large gatherings and they have kids from college, you know situations coming that is that that could be problematic. Well, yeah, that's the big concern. So first of all, Valentina, nice, nice young gal. She she will be like in the most protective environment, basically from what. From, from your experience and, and like your house is probably the safest. So actually anybody that you have over, it can, will not in be any risk of getting it from, from us, from us, you, from you guys. Yes, exactly. Um, and if they were to bring it into your house, it doesn't matter because you're not going to get it. Right. You have protection now. And that's just fact. It's science, scientific fact that you have protection. These, the concern is now these schools, which they were somewhat smart about, back a while ago, let's end the semester at Thanksgiving and not bring people back. I think that's a great idea. But there is a lot of COVID spreading amongst the university level kids. And you know, they're not getting real sick, but it, it's just every, I think it's almost every day I hear of somebody's kid at school has it. Um, right. And they are no doubt going to be bringing it back to their communities and Again, it just goes to, to, you know, we're going to expect some families that 
are going to have to be at some risk because their child comes back from school, brings a friend. They don't really know they have it. And they give it to the, the family members that they're visiting. Um, that's inevitably going to happen. But the good news is I think, you know, if people learn to scale it back and sort of say, look, and I don't want you out there running around every night at the, at the bars. And I'm not trying to be, you know, the, the person that dummies down their social world, but it's going to be important to kind of contain these kids when they get back for Thanksgiving to lay low, monitor their symptoms, you know, monitor any, any, their, 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 uh, well-being every day. Do they get up and see it okay? Do they get up and they have a sore throat? They have a little cough. They probably should be tested fairly quickly. This is just something that is very predictable of going to happen as these kids come back from school in an environment where it's somewhat target rich in the spread. And there's going to be an uptick based on that anyway, like no doubt about it. Right. And I don't really have an answer for you other than just they, they ought to try to contain them for the, the first week they're home and make sure they don't develop any symptoms. And I think after seven days, if there's nothing really happening, that family that's having the child or friends return to should be fairly safe. Right. And I think probably overall in general, it's a good idea to keep your circle small anyway, maybe do activities yeah. outside if you can. And, you know, we're lucky we live in Florida. We're able to go outside and eat, maybe talk to our friends out in the driveway, that type of thing. So it's very, it's very good that, you know, we have that opportunity here in, Flo- in Florida, as you know. So, yeah, I was just, just wanting to get a little follow-up. Uh, I, I, you know, I really appreciate Doc. You've been excellent. A lot of people are asking me questions at work how it was. I kind of give them a little rundown when I can, you know, give them a little bit. Very fortunate. I didn't have, you know, a lot of the symptoms. Uh, I, in my speaking and discussions with people, I just, you know, try to tell them, I say, hey, a lot of it is just trying to just get through each and every day. And then when you get through that one, you just get to the next one. And like you said, don't be afraid to rest. I think that's, that's, that was probably the hardest thing for me, just being able to just wind down and not jump on a treadmill because I feel I can do it, which I did a couple times, by the way. But try to just try to let yourself, your body rest, because I think that's that's important. Yeah, no, I, I you you. It sounds like you you listened to what we suggested and you did great. I, I, I think honestly, in in a, and you knew this. That's why you're willing to come forward with your personal, you know, medical. I think you, you're helping a lot of people here. Now, next time, maybe we'll talk about. This exposure thing, this is the newest thing, not the newest thing, but this is the trickiest thing is people getting told they were around somebody and how do you assess the risk and all that. And that's going to require some some discussion next time. But yeah, we're finding great. that in general, like the point I'm making is you, you remember you were at work and maybe you didn't feel great, I think, that first day and you were around some people and, and there was a little bit of this rush to test them all and we tested them all and they were, so they, they never got it. No, they didn't. Which is great. Didn't. Yeah, yeah. We're we are not seeing that that just that spread is not as contagious. And I think people need to know that. Hey, listen. If people, when they call me and say, "I was in a meeting and somebody you know tested positive a few days later," and what, oh, what do I do? We're not seeing that spread. But there's some things that we ask and, and inquire about in terms of the characteristics of what that person that tested positive had symptom wise, and and I, I you know love to tell more about that next time about why we're just not seeing, you know, this spread as easily as it at once was thought to be, which is great, by the way. No, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Hobeka, I really appreciate it. You've been outstanding, very informative. And like I said, I've had a lot of comments at work and out and about and 
just everybody's like, hey, I really like that information on that COVID. I appreciate you guys keeping us up to date. Remember, if you have any questions, whether it be COVID-related or something else, medical, um, give me an email. It's tim at studio239llc.com. And we'll go ahead and we'll get them on here. And, and again, we're going to have the doc on, you know, on a weekly basis or as much as he wants to come on. He, he's very expensive. I mean, you would not believe how much I'm paying him to do this right now. No, like, we, we, we have a good time with the doc, so I really appreciate it. No, I, I, this helps me out long term. People are always asking for info and I know they're craving it. And I, I hate to sound like I'm any more special or this is a, a time you should use for something more entertaining and I, I can goof around if you want me to, but this is maybe not the time. And I'm more than happy. I, I I'm enjoying this. So I appreciate the, the challenge and the trust you put in me. And I hope these, these listeners gain something uh, from it. So yeah, thank it's, you. It's been great. It's been great. Two, three, nine uncensored, everything Southwest Florida and beyond. And thank you for listening to this awesome podcast. And we'll be back with you again soon. We are. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production.